This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to The Table Podcast, where we discuss issues of God and culture, brought to you by Dallas Theological Seminary. Welcome to The Table, where we discuss issues of God and culture. I'm Daryl Bach, Executive Director at the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. And with me is Greg Forster, who's Program Director for uh, Matters of Faith and Work and Economics at the Kern Family Foundation, which is located in Wisconsin. Is that correct? That's right. Waukesha, Wisconsin. Now, I don't know where Waukesha is. Where is Waukesha? It's it's about 40 minutes west of uh, Milwaukee. Our benefactors, uh, Bob and Pat Kern, uh, started a business there. Um, actually, because and the reason uh, reason we ended up there is uh, way way back when they were in college, they were uh, working at a Christian retreat center in Central Wisconsin, and on the train home to their college in Illinois, they went through Waukesha, and there was a sign that the uh, Waukesha Engine Company was hiring engineers, hmm. and uh, Bob Kern, one of our benefactors, was about to graduate as an engineer, uh, so hence now today. Uh, many, many years later, we're still in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, now we're a family foundation. Uh, their, their company's still going very strong in Waukesha, Wisconsin as well. Uh, it's a wonderful little uh, far-flung suburb of Milwaukee. How, how large is Waukesha? Um, Waukesha is um, a medium-sized uh, city. Uh, we are actually way on the outskirts of Waukesha. We're mm-hmm. not even just a, we're a suburb of the suburb. Okay. Uh, we're in a, a more rural area called Genesee Depot, hmm. uh, which has about two thousand people tops, maybe if if that. Um, so it's 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 quite a beautiful area. Well, our topic today is uh, faith and work in uh, what we call holistic discipleship, the idea of a Christian appreciating how their work contributes to their walk and their life and their, and their personal development. And the Kern Family Foundation has been concerned that Christians appreciate the role of work and economics uh, in, in the Christian life. So. Uh, Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Kern Family Foundation and uh, its mission and why uh, we have partnered together in in talking about this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everything we do at the Kern Family Foundation grows out of the mission and vision of our benefactors. And as I mentioned, uh, they struck out on their own, uh, started a business in 1959, and uh, by the time they sold it in 2006, it had uh, 2,000 employees and was quite a large operation. Uh, and it really Really, uh, one of the keys to their business leadership was they understood that giving people good, honest work to do that makes a contribution to the community and serves the needs of the people around them is really essential to human life. It's essential that having work to do, having good work to do, uh, is essential to the meaning and the dignity that uh, that is intended for human life. Uh, and then the other aspect of their experience uh, that informs uh, particularly my, the program I work in 
Uh, Mr. Kern's father was a lifelong Baptist pastor. Mm. Uh, Mr. Kern grew up in the parsonage in uh, Osage, Iowa. Mm. And he learned from an early age the critical importance of a pastor, uh, not only to the congregation, but to the community at large, that pastors uh, infuse into the life of the culture a uh, a moral and spiritual uh, influence that cultures need to have. Uh, They help orient people toward the the kinds of lives that they're uh, supposed to have, the kind of the kind of life that's intended for human beings, uh, and have that shaping effect on people's character. So um, our program intends to bring these two worlds together because most of what we do all day is work. If you add up work in the home, work in the workplace, traditionally understood, and then work in neighborhoods and communities and civic associations, all the work that we do uh, to keep our schools going and keep our neighborhoods going. You got me sweating. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> most of human life is working. That's if, yeah. you, if you take out the hours we spend sleeping, most of what you got left is working. Uh, so if our faith is not informing what we're doing uh, when we're working, uh, then as uh, Mark Green uh, has put it very uh, succinctly, Christianity becomes a leisure time activity mm. because it's what you're doing when you're not, it's something you squeeze in when you're not working. Around your work, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so if um, if our faith is not put into action through our work, then Christianity becomes uh, a leisure time activity. I love that phrase. I use that wherever I go. And I think Christianity cannot be what it claims to be mm-hmm. uh, if it's a leisure time activity. Yes. Well, it, it, it's, the seminary and the Kern Family Foundation have, have partnered together to uh, produce some podcasts related to this topic. Uh, we're going to doing special chapels related uh, to the topic as well. In fact, our first one uh, will be done uh, later today, and uh, it will have been posted on our website long before this appears. And uh, and we also are, are uh, doing an annual conference that is hopefully going to do well enough that we can think about uh, moving it around the country. Uh, and we're, our goal is to encourage people to think about how they work. You all have produced a document called Theology That Works, and uh, it's kind of an overview in uh, in multiple parts of various themes, and our podcasts are going to work through gradually, slowly, uh, almost contemplatively, um, the this document. And it opens like this. This will help people understand kind of what we're talking about. It, it starts off by saying, today millions of churchgoers are Christian only for a few hours a week. Christianity is a leisure time activity for them rather than a complete way of life. The withering of discipleship is one of the gravest threats facing the church in our time. The main cause of the problem is that churches have disconnected discipleship from everyday life. Too often pastors talk about our walk with God and stewardship almost exclusively in terms of formerly religious activities like worship, small group attendance, Bible study, evangelism, and giving. As crucial as these activities are for every Christian, they will never take up more than a tiny percentage of life for those who are not full-time religious professionals. We urgently need to recover the calling to whole life discipleship. The largest portion of our life, our work in the home and in our jobs, is excluded from our concept of discipleship discipleship and stewardship. Most churches have nothing spiritually powerful to offer for the activities that define our daily lives other the other six days of the week. This leaves us preaching a faith that is not relevant to the totality of people's lives, and it also risks the rise of a legalism in which discipleship is equated with religious works. I think that says it 
very, very nicely that, that there's almost a secular sacred divide between the workplace and the way people think about it and the way, uh, and the way we think about our religious activity and our church attendance. And this uh, schizophrenia, if I can say it that way, uh, mm-hmm. this schizophrenia is not healthy uh, for discipleship. Tell us what you have found interacting with pastors and with seminaries. You're connected to 16 evangelical seminaries that you currently support uh, these days, and that number is growing. Tell us what you have found about seminary preparation of church leaders in terms of addressing this area and how you're trying to address that problem. Yes. Our, um, our concern is that seminary education is uh, doing an excellent job of preparing pastors in some of the areas, the traditional areas like um, uh, the theological learning, uh, and and all of the all the things that seminaries uh, specialize in, uh, but that there is a neglect in the seminary of helping pastors understand the lives of people. Uh, in their work, the like most of the people of the sitting out there, yeah, the that's right. You. And you know, an interesting, an interesting reflection of this is uh, not exclusively, but most of the time, the seminary professors who uh, uh, get engaged with our program are people who had uh, non-church-related jobs. Uh, at some point in their career, and then went back and felt a call to ministry, and ultimately became oh, seminary professors. But they have experience in the so-called secular workplace, mm-hmm. uh, and they understand that life. And they, uh, when we bring them this connection to work in the economy, their response is, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I know all about how critically important this is to my spiritual life because I've lived that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and too many of my students are never going to live that. We need to help them understand." Uh, what it's like to be in the workplace uh, and the tradition, you know, the non-church workplace. Um, and so we're helping make those connections. Uh, we have everything from curricular integration initiatives where faculty will meet in colloquia or seminars or retreats to talk about what is the relevance of this to my New Testament class, my Old Testament class, my ethics class, my history class, my systematic theology class. Uh, we had a, um, a fantastic experience this summer. Uh, there's a, uh, a conference that we sponsor uh, seminary professors to attend uh, called Acton University, and we had over 100 seminary professors from seminaries, evangelical seminaries across the country, 22 evangelical seminary uh uh, seminaries and a hundred uh, professors. We gave them a workshop where we asked them to divide up by discipline. We had a table of New Testament people, a table of Old Testament people, two tables of ethicists, a uh, <laughs> table of systematic people, and we covered every discipline in the seminary. And we invited them to just spend time brainstorming how can you connect the workplace and work in the home and the the economy at large and everything else that is in this sphere or domain of life. How can you connect that to your classes? And they were really engaged. Uh, they they took fantastic notes, uh, and and just there was no table in that room where people were not really really engaged with this. And I sat there just watching the action, and I thought this group comes from every uh, point on the evangelical spectrum. 
uh, from Presbyterians to Pentecostals. Mm -hmm. We had every type of evangelical uh, in the room, and they represent a, a diversity of regions of the country, ages, races, uh, and they are all engaged in thinking together about how every discipline in the seminary could make this connection to work. Uh, and I just thought this is a this is a fantastic, exciting uh, uh, thing. It's really demonstrating, uh, I think, the uh, the crying need for this. Mm -hmm. uh, that um, that this is a missing piece that the training of pastors uh, has not incorporated and needs to incorporate. Uh, and we also, uh, in addition to the curriculum, sponsor extracurricular activities, lots of uh, chapel talks, uh, after uh, sort of evening lectures, um, lunch, uh, lunch discussion groups, uh, student reading groups, um, and and all you know, all a wide variety of extracurriculars. And then uh, there are institutional partnerships where seminaries will work together with other types of institutions, whether that's denominational bodies or business ministries or publishers or uh, a lot of local churches. Uh, so the big question we're wrestling with in our network now is, so what does it look like in a church when that church has really embraced a mission to in integrate faith with uh, work and the economy? What does that look like? Um, there are a few churches you can point to where people have been on top of this. Tom Nelson mm -hmm. uh, is uh, one of those, uh, but not a lot of them. So seminaries are, uh, in many cases, engaging with local churches, you know, because they have alumni, uh, right. have churches, and, and working with pastors who share this sort of uh, insight that this needs to be done to figure out, uh, because largely we we don't have a lot of models, and so we don't know what it looks like when a church does this. It's really a voyage of discovery for us, hmm. um, kind of entrepreneurial, the way uh, the way our benefactors were entrepreneurial in creating their business, we're being entrepreneurial so in you started, that way. You started, excuse me, but you started to... Uh, uh, to do this in the seminaries and to and to figure out ways to get seminaries to train in this area and uh, my understanding now is you're finding that although that's a very important piece uh, that's not the only way to kind of get the message out and so I understand mm -hmm. there's a there's a development in the in the philosophy approach of not only dealing with the classroom and the seminary curriculum which is where your focus has been but really trying to get uh, the message and the emphasis out, uh, interestingly enough, in the marketplace, mm -hmm. which is actually yeah. what you're talking about. And and talk about some of the initiatives that are taking place in that direction and where you're going in terms of of your use of media and that kind of thing. Yeah, our, um, our focus is – our primary focus is still pastors. Um, we've been working in seminaries uh, uh, largely. Our our foundation has a uh, a ten year record of work of supporting seminaries. Even though the um, the program on work and economics is a little newer, seminaries are kind of our traditional long term uh, home. Mm -hmm. um, but the focus of our seminary support has always been training pastors, mm -hmm. um, and so we're now uh, engaged in a number of activities that reach out to pastors who are already in churches. As, as opposed to just working with yeah, training they're not all at seminaries. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, well, we're trying to be good stewards of, uh, of our benefactors' resources and, and, and get the maximum impact from them. Um, so uh, several initiatives are, are uh, at work there 
to to reach pastors in the field. One, uh, we are uh, uh, reaching out to pastors who got their degrees through a scholarship program that we've had uh, to see if they're interested in making this work in economics connection. Uh, and a number of them are, so we're kind of drawing them together into a network of pastors, uh, which is called the Kern Pastors Network. Uh, so those who got their scholarships through our, uh, who got their degrees through our scholarship program, uh, can get engaged with that program. We've also made a couple of grants to uh, major uh, evangelical media organizations like uh, Christianity Today and uh, Right Now Media. Those are brand new. We just made the grants, um, and the the initiatives there are going to be uh, developing some some video products and other media written and, and visual media uh, products to help. Uh, tell the stories of Christians in their workplaces who are integrating their faith with their work. Uh, and to get to, to get those out into the um, the ministry world where uh, pastors can be equipped with that to kind of demonstrate here's what it looks like when people put their faith to work. This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Grieve, Breathe, Receive. Finding a Faith Strong Enough to Hold Us Written and narrated by Pastor Steve Carter Grieve, Breathe, Receive Those three words became a profound mantra for Steve Carter during a season of deep healing, the kind that comes after painful trauma. Grieve, Breathe, Receive is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Visit thomasnelson.com audio to learn more. Well, that's great, and that's a, an important uh, development, it seems to me, to, to get the message out to those who are already pastoring uh, in the field. Um, well, we've kind of framed what the Kern Family Foundation does. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, me the message, in some senses, that it has. And uh, in, this, in this document, The Theology That Works, uh, you all have talked about the value of work from a theological perspective, and you've got a nice list of things here that connect to biblical themes. And again, oh, this is not always the greatest way to do use video, but I'm going to read <laughs> because it's just, uh, it's just such a nice list. It says, work is the subject of tremendous theological and pastoral importance. And I think that's actually one of the important things to realize is that, is that stewardship or oikonomia uh, is, is actually woven through the scripture in a variety of places. It's a mode of human participation in God's creative and redemptive activities. It was given to us to manifest the image of God, exercising the stewardship and responsibility He made us for, this is Genesis 2.15, and imitating His attributes, John 5.17. It puts to use the talents God gives us. It is how we serve our neighbors in our everyday activities. It is one of the main ways we reflect the character of Christ, Mark 10, 42 to 45. It carries out the cultural mandate, developing the potential for creation. You know, uh, one of the foundations for this, of course, is Genesis 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. We're created to be um, regents alongside God who are responsible for managing and stewarding the creation, and that takes uh, work and labor. Um, of course, since the fall, it requires much more work and much mm -hmm. more labor, uh, but uh, that's an important grounding. It manifests the restorative aspect of Jesus' work applied to us through the Spirit. 
It obeys God's direct commands, Exodus 29 and 2 Thessalonians 3.10. It's one of the core elements of discipleship and spiritual formation, and it certainly is the drive power in human civilization. You know, one of the first podcasts we did was with Andy Crouch of Christianity Today. And we were talking about culture and how culture works. And uh, he talked about uh, sometimes we don't think about culture broadly enough, that, um, that, that we think of culture as you know, primarily ideology. Mm-hmm. But really, culture is, is the way it, it shapes us in terms of how we live and how we engage in life. And work certainly is a major uh, component of that. And one of the points that you make in this piece that I think is so valuable that I'd like for you to elaborate on is, is that when most people think about work, they say, work equals money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you're cringing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the point that you're making is no, work doesn't equal money. Money's a byproduct of work. What work is really about is about value and service and contribution. That's actually the point Andy Crouch was making, that when we do our work well in the culture, we contribute to the culture. We serve others. Uh, we make life uh, more effective for others. So, um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I'd say the, um, the deep sort of underpinning thought here that you were getting at when you're talking about uh, Andy saying we have too narrow a view of culture, mm-hmm. uh, that's absolutely right. I actually, in, in that uh, Theology That Works document, often use the word civilization mm-hmm. rather than culture. They are really kind of synonymous. The difference is when you say culture, people think of art or ideology. Mm -hmm. When you say civilization, people realize that it means everything that's going on, including uh, businesses and um, uh, community activities. And uh, it's the whole package of social activity. Uh, It's all culture. Mm -hmm. Um, His his last book, Culture Making, Mm -hmm. uh, really stresses uh, that we make – culture is something we make, human Mm -hmm. activity makes. Now, how does this apply? to our work. Well, we have to understand work as a cultural activity, mm-hmm. and we have to understand that the economy is a cultural system. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people think work is about getting money, it's a materialistic view of work. Essentially, it focuses on the tangible at the expense of the intangible. And uh, to have a Christian view of human activity, we have to understand that the intangible, the spiritual, is just as real as the material. Now, it's important not to start thinking that ma- the material is, is unreal or, mm-hmm. or evil, right? It's mm-hmm. not. Um, <clears throat> but we have to integrate the spiritual with the material, and we have to understand uh, the spiritual reality of everything that we do. The spiritual reality of work is that it serves human needs and creates value for other people. So if, I'm, uh, if my job is to work in a factory where I pull a lever, and mm-hmm. that's my job, to pull the lever on this machine at the right time. Uh, and you know that that is actually not too far off from a lot of people's jobs. Right. Uh, that if we don't help people to see the spiritual nature of that act, the tendency is for them to simply think this lever makes a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Right. I sit here and I pull the lever, and the lever makes paychecks. We want people to ask, what does this lever do? 
right? What, because if they're not asking that, you can see how they're going to be in trouble in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're essentially trapped and dependent on this system of uh, being paid to pull a lever. They live in a very small world where they don't see the reality of what's going on. Now, let's say for a moment uh, that the lever makes a widget that goes into the braking system of a car, mm-hmm. right? So let's, so we want people to think through, okay, what I'm doing is making safer cars, mm-hmm. right? And because the cars are safer, customers are willing to pay more for them. And that's why I get paid to do this because mm-hmm. the car company can charge a slightly higher price for the car. That's why they give me the money to do this. But we, once we see that whole system, we can see, oh, the, the biggest significance of what I'm doing is making the world a better place by making cars safer, mm-hmm. right? The paycheck is a byproduct, as you said, mm-hmm. of making cars safer. Uh, now, we don't want to say paychecks are unimportant mm-hmm. because supporting your household is uh, biblically a fairly important imperative. That's right. uh, however, while supporting your household is important, and again, we get that integration of the material with the spiritual, um, while supporting your household is important, you want to support your household by doing good, honest work that makes the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And if, if we get people focused on that, how do I support my household by doing good, honest work that makes the world a better place? place. All the pieces fit together very nicely, and people can build a life that's meaningful uh, and satisfies not only their material needs, but their spiritual needs, uh, which are uh, deeper and which the church is supposed to be specially concerned about. Yeah, I think the big problem here is that is that if, if work is simply seen as a paycheck, then a person has huge chunks of their lives that, that don't connect. Uh, and, and I I go to my job to do my job so I can have a check to do the things I really want to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. The and, dualism. That's right. The dualism, yeah. And that, and that dualism means that in one sense, even though I'm at work, I've checked out a life mm-hmm. while I'm at work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm just going to go through the motions and do my thing, and then and then I'm really going to pick up my life once once I punch the clock and I walk away. Yeah. And that that. It seems to me to be uh, – th- that's taking a large portion of your life and making uh, making the time that you spend at work uh, significantly irrelevant. And I do think it's fair to say, because you know, I've sat in a lot of churches and, and I, you don't hear messages about this at all. In fact, when we did the podcast with, with Andy Crouch on culture making, uh, he made this point that he actually tracked – uh, the messages that he was listening to over a couple of years period, and he said when work came up, it, it came up as an it wasn't the point, yeah. and, and and often the illustrations were negative, mm-hmm. and so all you were doing is reinforcing this idea of when you go to work, you're doing something that really isn't related and central to your life. It's disconnected, and we're reinforcing that in the churches. And I think it also this negative view that causes people to disconnect when they're at work also changes the way people live the rest of their lives as well because people have a deep hunger for meaning and a deep hunger to find satisfaction in something now as christians we know uh how why we were made that way because we're we we're, we have a hunger for god uh and a hunger for uh living lives that are meaningful uh in in god's world uh now if people take satisfaction in serving others, Mm -hmm. then they can be finding that meaning and that satisfaction that they were made for all day long in their work. Mm -hmm. If we disconnect work from that search for meaning, that hunger for meaning, then in that 
little portion of life that's left when we're not working, they're going to be seeking meaning in all kinds of things, uh, the, satis- the satisfaction of their, of their desires and appetites. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, and it's, it's all going to be about uh, uh, finding meaning by consuming and uh, satisfying myself, gratifying So my what desires. you're suggesting is, is that if you don't have a, a, a theology of work that's positive in some ways, actually what you're doing is not only are you not only you're, you're risking turning yourself inward, uh, turning yourself into uh, being self-focused in a way that that doesn't lead to service and con- contributing humanity. And when you leave work, you know a lot of people they view their leave. They go to work, <laughs> they wear themselves out in this mm-hmm. disconnected state. They they come home and they say, oh, "I just want to park," you know. Yeah. Uh, and they aren't thinking about they aren't thinking about contributing at their work. They're just doing their job, and they really aren't thinking about contributing once they leave their work either. Yeah. And this is why the concept of Stewardship is so important. Um, stewardship is now a word that we use uh, to refer to giving money to the church mm-hmm. and coming and showing up to do church activities and that kind of thing. Uh, historically, Christ- the Christian view of the human person is that to be human is to be a steward mm-hmm. of God's world. And uh, stewardship is a concept that allows us to hold all these pieces together. I go to work because I'm a steward of uh, my work. I'm a, I'm a steward of the, of the world in my work. I'm making the world a better place. And when I come home, I'm a steward in that time as well. I have to use that time at home or whenever, or in my leisure uh, to be a good steward. It creates a, a holistic uh, understanding of the purpose of human life. To be, a, to be a steward for God creates a holistic understanding of what we're supposed to be as human beings that allows us to integrate these pieces instead of having that divide uh, that that becomes destructive in both uh, in both worlds. Join us next week for part two of the Table Podcast. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth. Love well. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.